Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Hi, I'm Jeff from Mother's Brewing in Springfield, Missouri, and this is my mother. I remember when you were just a little boy, Jeff. You were so cute. Thanks, Mom. I remember this one evening. We were having people over, and you came running into the room stark naked. (laughs) Is that what we're going to talk about, Mom? Because I'm 55 now, and I own a brewery. And we all laughed, and you laughed, and then you started waving your little... See, I, I have a reputation in the community I'd like to maintain here. I think I still have a picture from that day in my purse somewhere. Wow. It is really good we're on the radio and not TV. I'm just so proud of the respectable businessman you grew up to be, working with all those nice people at the brewery. They are a good bunch. You know you can't run around without your pants on just because you're the boss. (laughs) I was four, Mom. Five and a half, dear. Try Mother's new Super Solid, an orange pineapple India pale ale. Tell me you're not curious. Hey, Mama. Hey, welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here along with Stephen Semple. Stephen, when you told me today's topic, I got all nostalgic. When I was probably 15, my sister's a year older than me, so she had just turned 16. And our first car, she got to drive as a driver and I got to drive as you know a student driver and then eventually as a driver, was a hand-me-down, my grandmother's 1971 Oldsmobile 98 with the 455 big, big engine. That thing was a land yacht, <laughs> four-barrel carburetor. Should not put that in the hands of kids 16 years old, but I think my dad's thought was, well, it's got a lot of sheet metal. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about Oldsmobile. We are going to talk about Oldsmobile. And one of the big reasons why I felt like we need to talk about Oldsmobile is when it comes to the mass assembly line and a lot of that innovation that happened with automobiles, Henry Ford gets a lot of credit and deserves a lot of credit. But there was a bunch of innovation that happened before Ford that if it didn't occur, Ford wouldn't have been able to do what he did with the moving assembly line. And I think it's a lesson that has been lost to history. Ransom Oles deserves much more credit in history than they've gotten. So that's what we're going to explore a little bit. Again, before Ford could do his moving assembly line, there was a bunch of innovations that had to happen. And the car makers that we all know today, this is another interesting part when we go back in history, car makers we all know today were not the first car manufacturers. Like we all think this whole thing of first in is the one that wins. Well, in the automotive industry, all the players that got in first are all long gone. It was the second wave that became the dominant players. The first car maker in the United States was James Jure, who made the first Jure automotive in Springfield, Massachusetts in 1893. We've never heard of them. Who? No. Right. They ended up getting the money for doing it because there was a race that was held, this 54-mile race that went from Jackson Park in Chicago to Evanston and back again. 
and it was held on Thanksgiving Day in 1895, and they won this race. 54 miles, that's just like an average commute now. And it was $2,000 prize money. So they got this $2,000 prize money and all the recognition from it and started to make cars. And the first car that they made was the Dura motor wagon. And they started making those cars in the 1900s. And they basically made, I think it was about 13 or 14 vehicles before it was all ended. They had not figured out the mass assembly line. No. And by 1900, there was 100 different brands of horseless carriages being marketed in the United States. All of a sudden, there was all of these manufacturers, but they're all virtually handmade, and as we know, were all outrageously expensive. And it was, cars were perceived as a toy for the rich. Now, Ransom Oles was a son of a blacksmith, and he grew up in Lansing, Michigan. What he wanted to do was put the automobile on the main streets of America, similar to Ford. You know, that's what Ford yeah. wanted to do. When he was 18 years old, he hooked up a steam engine to a three-wheel vehicle and took it for a ride around the neighborhood. And what we forget, at that time, steam was the most popular method to put into a car. Steam was first, electric was second, gasoline was the third most popular. What he recognized was that gas was the future. Oldsmobile said, no, you know what? Gas is the future for a bunch of different reasons. But what he also looked at is he said, for the automotive industry to survive, things need to be made in a different way. Because basically, not only were cars handmade, every component of the car was made in the shop. Yeah. Every screw, every bolt, everything was made in the shop. It was just a big building full of machinists and their tools. Machinists and their tools. And there was also little, if any, standardization across the industry. Mm -hmm. So what he came up with the idea is how to outsource parts to smaller manufacturers. And the word outsourcing hadn't even been invented yet. And this was a major breakthrough in manufacturing. So he would go to a manufacturer and say, you make these things, and go to another manufacturer and you make these things. And basically it came into his shop and they did some manufacturing and primarily assembly. Oldsmobile is the one that created the idea of outsourcing with the nice. final product being assembled by them. And this method was absolutely revolutionary during its time. Stay tuned, we're gonna wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. How's business? Yeah, good. Why isn't it great? Uh, we, we were growing 20, 30% every year for five years. Then we went flat in the last three. Growth used to be easy. Now, nothing we do seems to have the same effect anymore. If you're not growing, you're dying, and I can't stand to think we've hit the top and are coming back down. So you build a hell of a castle and you're worried. Maybe it's time to build an empire. Huh? What you got here won't get you to where you want to go. You need a fresh perspective. There's these guys that are looking for business owners just like you. Smart, customer-focused, but with flat sales. What do they do? Build empires, but they don't work with just anyone. You have to be customer-focused. So what exactly do they do? Well, some say they're marketers, but I call them crusaders. Check out their website at empirebuilderprogram.com. Like what you see, set up a meeting. Crusaders, empires, castles, I think someone's been getting so old they're medieval. Empirebuilderprogram.com. Check it out before you become a dinosaur. You mean dragon. No, I mean dinosaur. They were good too, for a while. Sure you want to be just good? Empirebuilderprogram.com.
Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. And then the other thing they figured out is how to make the parts interchangeable. When a car was being made, that model, all the parts were unique to that model, and Oldsmobile said, that's nuts. There's a lot of parts that can work on all of my vehicles. So how do I make the parts interchangeable? So they outsourced and made the parts interchangeable. And this is really historically important because if that had not happened, there's no way Henry Ford could have invented the moving assembly line. Yeah. Right? Good point. Yeah. This predated Ford's work. Ford took this work of Oldsmobile and took it to the next level. What's also noteworthy is the people involved with Ransom Olds, a lot of them on their own went on to do some really major accomplishments. You know, it was the Dodge brothers who supplied transmissions to Olds, and they ended up playing a major part yeah, in the automotive yeah. history, right? Olds' engines were supplied by Henry Leland, who later went on to found Cadillac and Lincoln. And Fred Fisher, who was the body maker, went on to become the body maker for General Motors. These were the pioneers of the automotive industry. All came out of this experiment that was done by Ransom Olds. That's really cool because, I mean, the scary part for an innovator like that is that people are going to get the idea that they can just do this themselves. And that's true. And it happened. Right? It happened. It happened in a way that was really beneficial to the market. Well, it was beneficial to the market. And those were the ones that for a long time survived on their own or got acquired mm -hmm. for pretty substantial dollar amounts. Because you think of it, there was a hundred manufacturers. And I bet you if we looked it up and went through that list, maybe two we would recognize. Yeah, but I mean, some of the big ones that you said, with the exception of the Dodge brothers, ended up in the General Motors family. They did. They did. Right, and that's not surprising because the DNA is stamped all over them. The DNA is absolutely stamped all over them. But Ransom Alls does not get enough recognition in history for his contribution to the manufacturing process. He invented this idea of standardized parts and outsourcing. That was invented by him. He was the first to do it, certainly in the automotive industry. And look, I just thought, since we did a thing on Henry Ford, and I would encourage people to go back and re-listen to it, because it's a fascinating story, even in terms of the inspiration for the assembly line and where Ford got it from. But without that, without Oles, Ford wouldn't have been able to do what he did. Ford was the next natural extension of the work that Oldsmobile did. And I just felt, you know what? He deserves a little love. I wish I could ask him some things. Like, for example, was this need to outsource parts, have things brought into his factory, was there some other factor pushing on it? For example, was their factory just not big enough to make all the parts themselves? And so he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe we could get some of our buddies to make some of these parts for us. Because sometimes it's those types of pressures that cause some innovation. You go, well... Here's the thing we can't do ourselves. It's like an earlier podcast recorded, the M.M. Lafleur one, where her idea for the distribution of clothing happened because they were running out of space for storing dresses and just went, Jesus, we got to get rid of these damn things. They created a new sales model because of that problem. So you're absolutely right. Sometimes the issue is there's this other force pushing on it. I can't answer that question for certainty, Dave, but... Based upon the research that I was able to come across on Oldsmobile, I think a lot of it was primarily driven by this whole idea of to make the automobile mainstream, we have to bring down the manufacturing 
cost and complexity in the standardizing of parts and moving it out where somebody just makes a transmission and we assemble, I think was primarily driven as this simplifies the process. And anytime you simplify the process, you bring down the costs. And the bringing down the cost idea was not we wanted to be the cheapest on the street. Bringing down the cost was to open a new market because basically, again, the desire was I want this to be for mainstream and mainstream cannot afford the price point in which cars are being done at under those manufacturing principles. So I think that was the primary driver, but you know, it could be other things and often it is. Often it is some outside force that makes this innovation happen. Bit of Ransom Olds trivia. Sure. He founded Oldsmobile in 1897, but then he left it in 1905. He started a new company, the R.E. Olds, the R.E.O. Motor Company. So Ransom E. Olds and one of their cars was the REO Speedwagon. Oh, you're kidding me. How did I miss that? I've always known that about REO Speedwagon because I grew up as a disc jockey, part of the Ransom E. Olds legacy. You one up me, Dave. This is the reason why you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> now, get that song stuck in your head. <laughs> <laughs> or one of those songs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was a fun episode, Stephen. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast dot com.